we are continuing in the series, The Kingdom of God. And this is part 15, and today will be the last part. Last week we started on talking about the culture of the kingdom. Or the, one of the tenth, a tenth truth is that the kingdom of God has its own culture. And I spoke about and defined what culture, a broad meaning of culture. And it was defined as a broadly social heritage of a group which can be an organized community or society. It is a pattern of responses discovered, developed, or invented during the group's history. And handling the way they handle problems which arise from interactions among its members and between them and in the environment. And these responses are passed on to new members through immersion and teaching. Now, culture encompasses all the learned and shared behaviors, knowledge, norms, and values, as well as attitudes and behavior. Now, the kingdom of God has its own culture. Our beliefs, the knowledge, attitudes, behaviors, the way we interact with each other and with those outside and with our environment are based on the character of our Heavenly Father, which is recorded in the Word of God. And last week we started identifying some attributes which define the shared beliefs, knowledge, norms, and values, as well as attitudes and behavior of that culture. So, one of the things we talk about as citizens of the kingdom of God, we represent Christ, the King, and His kingdom. One of our functions is to reconcile others to God and conduct ourselves in a way that honors Him and His kingdom. We are to be selfless and understand that we are part of His body and need each other to be whole. We need each other to be whole. And it is a life of sacrifice, denying to self, denying oneself. Also, we talk about having the right conversation and edifying one another. That's another attribute of, of, pe- of the culture of the kingdom. We walk by faith. We die to our desires and do things God's way. That's what walking by faith means. Walking by faith just means doing things God's way and not our way. Now, our faith must be accompanied by action. So it's not what only what we say is what we do. We must be willing to do what the Lord, Word of God and the Spirit of God says. No matter what, how we feel or what it costs us. Another thing we talked about is that we work out our differences. The people in the kingdom, of the, one of the attributes of the culture is that we are able to work out our differences. We put up with one another. Yes, there might be disagreements, but ultimately we, un- we understand that we have to yield to one another so that the will of the Father is done, not our will. We yield to one another to maintain the unity in the body. Also, understand the authority we have through Christ as joint heirs. And we should know our purpose. We should know our purpose and how we fit in the body of Christ. And also help other, others identify their purpose in the body. It's not only that we should know our purpose, but help others identify and know their purpose and walk in it. Another thing we touch on that Jesus is building his church. 
We are not building it. He is building it. Our part is to obey the Holy Spirit. And each member of the body has a ministry gift. And all the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to profit the whole body. There are different gifts, ministries, activities, all by the same Spirit. The Holy Spirit is responsible for fitting the body together. We do not own ourselves. Our body and our spirit belong to God. So we don't have a right to do our own thing. Because we don't belong to ourselves. Even the gifts God has given to us is not ours. They are His given to us to be used to benefit the whole. Another thing we touched on, we are led by the Spirit. And we bear fruit. Because we are living sacrifices... And that just means that we do things God's way. And when we do things God's way, we don't have to worry about the fruit. The fruit takes care of itself. As we walk in the, in the Spirit or by the Spirit, subjected to the Word of God, subjected to the Spirit of God, God blesses our walk. Why? Because we're not doing things our way. We're doing things His way. And the fruit that comes forth from our life. It automatically is born forth. Why? Because it's not us. It's He working in us. And the fruit that comes forth is His fruit. Being manifested and revealed through us. Glory to God. I mean, that's an awesome thing. So those are some of the things we, talk, we touched on about the attributes of, of, of the people in the body of Christ. Of the culture of the kingdom. The, the behaviors, the norms, the beliefs. And today I'm going to continue with that. And this will, as I said, this will be part two of the culture of the kingdom. Or as we said, uh, the kingdom of God has its own culture. And one thing I want to touch on today and mention, another attribute is that the culture of the kingdom, the beliefs, the, 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 the behavior, the attitude of, of that culture is that the people have a tenacious mindset. They don't give up. And they endure trials. They don't give up. They, they, there's no quit. In the culture. These are people that don't quit. They don't give up. Why? Because we endure. We bear up on the trials. Why? Because we stand in faith. And God give us the grace to overcome the trials. We don't give up in trials. We don't give up. But we overcome the trials. As we go through the trials, yes, it's tough. But then we lean on God as we walk by faith. And God gives us the grace to overcome the trials. Because the Bible says, they that are born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Another attribute, we don't murmur or complain. But we are joyful and we wear the garment of praise. We praise God in the midst of our trials. You hear that? We praise God in the midst of our trials. Why? Because we know that we have the victory. We know that we will overcome. We know that our Heavenly Father already knows what we are going through. And He will bring us through if we trust Him and stand in faith. We already know we have the victory. Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. 
So we know we have the victory. Another attribute is the love we have for one another. The love of God must be freely expressed. This love is not an emotion or an emotional response. But there can be an emotional response because of that love being expressed. You understand what I'm saying? The love of God is not an emotion. It's not an emotional response. But the experience in that love and an expression of that love can be an emotional response based on what they experience. There's a difference. There's a difference. And we love because our Father is love. That's His nature. Because the Bible says God is love. And we are to love the way God loves. But we ourselves don't have the capacity to love the way God loves. That love only comes forth from us as we, as we submit to the Spirit. As we submit to the Word. Because why? Because God's love is perfected in us when we submit to Him. Glory to God. This is not our... We don't have the capacity to love the way God loves. We have to be plugged in, tapped into the vine. So that our, the power to love comes from God and not from us. That's where the grace comes in. Giving us the capacity to love the way God loves. Amen. Let us go to, let's turn to 1st John and chapter 4. I want to read something here. 1st John chapter 4. Let me know when you're there. 1st John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7. Okay, I'm going to be, start reading. 1st John chapter 4. And we're going to read from verses 7 to 11. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Listen, that's, that's deep right there in itself. That whole, those scriptures. Well, let me just touch on a couple of things here. It says, beloved, let us love one another. And this love one another is not human love. It's not emotional love, as I say, or an emotional response. This is this love he's talking about is loving one another the way God loves us. The way God expresses his love. This is the way we ought to love one another. And he said in verse 10, this is how God loves. God love. how does God express his love? He loved us and sent his son. To be the atoning, the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, he expressed his love by sending his son. Because we, man, was lost. So, he showed compassion on man. But how does that love express? He sent his son to die. So, the death of his son is an expression of his love to man. This is not a love that we could comprehend. This is not the human kind of love. His love is expressed in death. 
and in the resurrection of his son. Because the death is to pay for our sins. But the resurrection is to make us heirs. Glory to God. So that we didn't get what we deserve. He showed us mercy and compassion. And on top of that, he made us heirs and sons. I mean, this is not human kind of love. And you get a grasp of that. You understand how we ought to love one another. The same way he expresses love. He said, this is the love of God. And we also ought to love one another. That's what it says. We show our love to God when we keep his commandments or his word. Our obedience is an expression of how much we love God. Did you hear that? Our obedience is an expression of how much we love God. So when we say we love God, there has to be some, there has to be some, a witness that the way you are loving, the way you are walking is in line with God's word. Not the ways of the world. Not for what you can get from people or how you can manipulate people to get your way. I am talking a sacrificial love. Dying to yourself. Because whatever you do is to benefit someone else and not yourself. Because that's how God expressed his love. And that's the way we also are to express that same love to one another. So obedience is an expression of how much we love God. We manifest God's love by how we love the brethren. Let's turn to um, we were First John four. Let's go to First John four twenty and twenty one. That's a few more verses down. Verse twenty. It says, "If someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar." I'm not saying it. The Bible says you are a liar. And he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God? Whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. That he who loves God. Must love his brother also. So if we say we love one another. If we say we love God. We cannot be have people in the, in the body that we hate. Because if you hate your brother. You really don't know God. And you don't love God. You're a liar. He calls you a liar. Uh, these are not my words. This is what's written here. So we have to be careful when we keep throwing around the word love. It's not the human love. We in the, in the, in the body of Christ as a, it's citizens of the kingdom. When we talk love, we're talking the agape, the God kind of love. That's the love we're talking about here. So if you hate your brother, if you have issues with your brother that you can't settle, you're not willing to settle, you're not really walking in God's love. So John talks about loving the fellow saints. This is more important than any spiritual gift or ministry. Love is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Love is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Another attribute. Forgiveness is in our nature. And it reveals the Father's nature which He is developing in us. Because that's why he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice. So that through that, our belief in that, in what he did through his son, 
We can be forgiven, be forgiven of our sins. Why? Because the Lamb shed His blood so that we can be washed and come before the Father in the righteousness of His Son. To make us sons and heirs. And the same way the Father showed us love and forgave us of our sins, we, also also, we are also to, supposed to forgive one another. Walk in that same mindset, in that same attitude. Another attribute, there is no competition in the body. Because everyone is functioning in love through the gifts given by the Holy Spirit to benefit the body. The eye doesn't compare, compete with the mouth. The hand doesn't compete with the foot. The heart doesn't compete with the lungs. Everyone is doing what they're supposed to do to benefit the body. So in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, there is no competition. Why? Because each we all need each other. We are dependent on each other to benefit the whole. That's why I said before, we are whole when we are together. We are whole when we are united. We are whole when we are one. Why? Because we need each other. The hand needs the mouth. It needs the foot. There is no competition in the body. And neither the culture of the kingdom, the culture of the people in the kingdom, they they don't compete against each other to see who is the best. Or see who's better. Or to, to elevate one and put one down. That is not the mind of the spirit. That's not the mind of God. We are there to benefit the whole. We have to love one another. As Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. It shows when we love one another. It's a manifestation that he is in us and we are in him. Because his love is perfected in us when we love one another. Why? Because when we walk by faith, it's his grace. It's his power that's working in us, which manifests that love. This love is not based on human capacity or our own capacity or capability to love. It's not based on what I can do or what you can do or what anyone can do. But it's by grace through faith. When you have that new nature, it is no longer contingent on what you can do or what I can do, but what God can do through us as we submit to His will and the Spirit of God. This is how Jesus showed His love to His disciples and how He expressed His love to us. When He went on the cross to be the atoning sacrifice, He expressed His love by that was the requirement of the Father. It says God sent His Son. So He sent Him, that means He came in response to the request of the Father. In obedience to what the Father required. So God sent Him and He came. And He laid down His life. Why? Because that's what the Father required. Jesus didn't come to do His will. He said, I didn't come here to do my will. I came to do the will of Him who sent me. And to finish His work. Oh, that's a different story there. His willingness to come and be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It shows that God preferred us and offered up His only begotten Son. You see, God didn't spare His Son. 
The only way God could, could, could show compassion and redeem man, the requirement was the death of his son. That was the requirement. He didn't spare his son. So that means the lengths that God loved us, the lengths he went through to redeem man at the cost of his own son, the life of his own son. Putting the, our needs before the needs of his own son. And the son, understanding the will of the father, laying, laying down his life because he said, nobody can take my life. I lay down of myself. Because the son loved the father and the father loved the son. The son willingly laid down the, the, his life because that's what the father required of him to redeem fallen man. Glory to God. The love of God is, is there are no words articulated. You get a grasp of what that is. It changes the way you think. It changes your walk. It changes your life. Let's go to John 10. The book of John chapter 10 verse 17. 17 and 18. He's, Jesus is saying here, Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. So we celebrated Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And, we, and I spoke about Jesus setting the trigger for his death. He determined and he set in action the chain of events for his death. Nobody did it except him. Because he just, I just read what it says here. He said, I have the power to lay it down myself and the power to take it up. He said he has the he has the power. So he set the, the, the chain of events in motion when he gave Judas that piece of bread. And Satan entered Judas entered Judas Judas and he said, No, you go what you need to do, go and do it quickly. He set the chains of events. Why? He chose the time to lay down his life. Oh my god. The power in that in that act the, it's related to what he's just saying here. If you if you get a hold of that. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. Oh my God, that's just powerful. And he endured through everything. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him. He knew how this is going to turn out. So he endured. So he is totally submitted to the will of the Father. To fulfill the Father's plan. Why? So, and what is this plan? That Christ would be formed in us. Christ to be formed in us. Why? So that we become sons and heirs. Joint heirs with Christ. So God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God did the work. And man is the beneficiary of that work. But the gift must be accepted. You see Christ didn't please himself. He didn't please himself. Let's go to John chapter 5. I want to show you one more thing here. John, John chapter 5. John five nineteen, and part of 20. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. He says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees, the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. 
For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. But what I want to, want to pay attention to is there. He said, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. So Jesus is saying, it's not me, it's the Father in me doing the work. He's just the hands and the mouthpiece of God. So whatever the Father is showing him to do by the Spirit, or telling him to say, that's what he's doing. So whatever he says and whatever he does, is just. It's not him, it's the Father in him doing the works. So the Father, he said, the Father loves the Son and shows him all the things he himself does. So he said, so Jesus wasn't here to do his thing. He was here to do the will of the Father. And I just needed you to see that. He sacrificed himself. He yielded himself to the Father as we also ought to yield ourselves to him. We also have a responsibility to yield ourselves to him as he yielded to the Father. We also must do the same thing. Jesus made us to be one with the Father and with, with himself. Why? Because we are in him. And he's in the Father and the Father is in him. And we are in him, therefore we are one with him and the Father. Another attribute, and this I want to touch on real quick, compassion. And let's, let's just go to uh, Luke chapter 10 real quick. Start at verse 25. And this is the parable of the uh, Samaritan. I just want to touch on a couple of things here. Luke chapter 10 verse 25. And behold, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. That's Jesus, testing Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So here, here, here's his motive now. He wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, Of course, he didn't give a direct answer. A certain man went down from Jer Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him upon his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend when I come, again I will repay you. 
So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now why did I read that? We talk about compassion. When we talk about the love of God, God sent his son into the world to be a propitiation for our sins. That is God showing compassion. Because the Samaritan found a person, he found somebody in need and showed compassion. Because that person wasn't in a position to do anything about their condition. That person could have stayed there, bled out and died. Whatever the situation. The person who the Samaritan showed compassion to, showed mercy to, wasn't in a condition to do anything about their situation. So he took it upon himself to take care of this person at his expense, at his, and on, on his time, on his dime. So analogously, we lost man. God took it upon himself to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Because fallen man couldn't do anything about his condition. So God sent his son to do something about it. To make a way that we can be redeemed from our condition. Now bringing us in relationship to God and making us heirs and sons of God. That is God showing compassion and mercy. We didn't deserve it. And he says, go and do likewise. So that's telling us that we also have to show compassion. Not only to each other, but people outside of the body of Christ. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who spitefully use you. You have to show mercy and show compassion. Because that's what God does. And if we have to love the way God loves, it is, this is the attribute of the children of the kingdom of God. If this is part of our culture. This is what should be evident in our lives. Showing compassion to others. If we say we are children of God. And citizens of the kingdom of God. How we love one another is the most important thing that will define us. Because the Bible says. We shall know them by the love they have for one another. We are known by how we love each other. The culture of the kingdom of God is unlike any other ever encountered or will, ever, will, or will ever be encountered. We are witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we ought to love one another. Those in the body and those outside the body. And not in word only, but in action. But this love is not human love. This is the love of the agape love. This is the sacrificial love. This is the love of putting the needs of others before our own needs. As the Samaritan did. It was inconvenient for him. Because he could have been on a schedule. It was inconvenient for him to stop to have to take care of this person's wound. Put the person on the animal that he was riding. He is walking and have this person riding. Taking this person to an inn. Some place for somebody to take care of this person and paying the expense. That's inconvenient. But it's showing love and it's showing compassion. Because that person couldn't do anything about their condition. It's the same way. That's why the Bible says love one another. Put the needs of others before your own. It's inconvenient to put the needs of others before our own needs. 
But we, the culture of the kingdom, the mindset, the behavior, the attitudes of the people of the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God. That's the way we ought to love one another also. It's never inconvenience. It's never an inconvenience to show love to your brother. To show love to others. To be to forgive. To let things go. The Bible says, let this same mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You see, this mind is not to do His will, it's to do the will of Him who sent Him. That's the mind we're talking about here. So we are witnesses of Jesus. So let us love one another. Not in word only, but in action. Because the Bible says, if I do not love, I don't know Him. If I don't love the way God loves, it says I don't know Him. If I hate my brother, I don't, can't claim I know God because I'm a liar. So we really must reflect on what we truly believe. We must not let anything, anything come between us. Absolutely nothing. We must not allow anything to come between us that will cause separation in the body of Christ. That is not the culture of the kingdom. Because as one thing I said earlier, the kingdom of God is not divided. And anything you allow to cause division... It's not from God. It's a lie. And it's your own fleshly desires that you are allowing to creep in and cause division. And if we do that, we are already defeated. So if there's anything, just understand. And this, is an, uh, this, this uh, series on the kingdom of God is by no ways complete. There are other things that we can talk about. But I hope over this series that we really take to heart the things that we have learned and ask the Lord to give you the grace and the, and the understanding and the wisdom to walk in the light, to be who He's called us to be, especially in the time we are living in. We are living in some interesting times, some challenging times. We will challenge, challenge our faith. <laughs> but we have to be strong and of good courage. Always abounding in the work of the work of the Lord, standing firm in the faith, because the Bible says in the last days many will walk away from the faith. All those who say Lord, Lord, and claiming Jesus, it says many of them will walk away from the faith. So let us prepare ourselves. Let us let us prepare ourselves, and let us understand that we are part of a whole. We are part of the citizens of the kingdom of God. And let us do what we need to do to walk in love and maintain unity in the body so that the glory of God can be made manifest to this dying world. We do not belong to ourselves. We have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.